It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now, here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. And I'll tell you what, Wednesday, the 100th episode, I can't thank enough people. Sal behind the glass, my main man. We started from episode one. Michael Frankel showed up. The president, Joe O'Neill, a lot of action. Scott Galletti, of course, Sam Hauser. I appreciate uh, Joe for letting us come on Team Talk and do the show. Great guests, president of BKFC, Chris Lights Out Lytle. But you know what, Michael, what I realized in 100 episodes that we just wanted to be creative and do something cool, and now we're on our 101st episode, which um, will grow organically from here. But I started to think about it, Michael, when we left that night, because you had asked me, you know, Mike, what, are, what, what was your favorite episodes, right? And I started to think, I started to think about it, and I have about 100 of them. But if I had to narrow them down, um, there were some pretty incredible ones, Mike. There's been some pretty incredible guests. I've came in here ecstatic about a a couple fighters, promoters, uh, amazed at... Okay, I'm going to pick a favorite right here. Nothing... And it's going to be hard for you to top your acting debut with Pachna Lichnikov. I've never seen anything in radio like that or podcast. So that's my favorite moment. Well, and I appreciate that. And I still have the signed script that I wrote uh, that Pasha autographed. And he was just in uh, the newest movie, I want to say. Bullet Train, is that what it's called, Bullet Train. Yeah, so Pasha was just in that movie there. So shout out Pasha Lichnikov if you're listening. Uh, but that was a fun moment. But you know what, Micah, as we move forward, I got to say, interviewing Ken Burns was a pretty incredible day as well. Ken Burns, the great American storyteller. To talk to a storyteller like that, somebody that's covered Ali, that's went through so many sports genre documentaries, and not just documentaries, but these are hard hitting. This is if you really care the kind of stuff that gets it. To talk to a mind like that, yeah, re-listening to that one is something special. And you know, I think about that first episode with Jody Escabel, that really set the tone for what we were trying to do. Jody, if you're listening, shout out to you. And you know what, Micah, uh, the next hundred episodes... We're going to bring more and more guests. Who would have thought Kid Frost would have been in studio with us? One of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest rappers of the '90s, and even now, uh, where he's doing bigger and grander and bigger things. All the way to I never thought we'd meet one of the top pickleball players of all time. I, I didn't even know, Mike. And I'll, I'll tell you this: actually, it's going around a trend right now. I don't know. Have you seen the neon pickleball court that is trending on social media? If not, we're going to have to show it to you. Pickleball exploding in a way I wouldn't believe. And I gotta say that you were the person that introduced me to the trend, and I've seen it just explode. Well, you know, Mike, I play a lot of tennis, and what I started to notice is that the tennis courts were being overtaken by pickleball players. And I said to myself, Self, what is this new sport called pickleball? And that's where I picked up on it. And I've seen it go 
and become a fad. I mean, we've had jewelers, musicians, drummers. You're still trying to get us a live performance in studio, a creative space to say the least. Yeah, that was an unbelievable name. Symphony X, incredible. And then Ken Calais from the Rumors album decided to drop in on us. And to hear that story was incredible. Man, when you get these people with the history, and and it's not just about the guests and the names, but it's about the history. DJ Montego taking us all the way back. And it's not just that you've hit music also, but we've hit different genres, different errors, different influences. When you think about, like you said, Kid Frost, I never thought until you started bringing it up how he brought that kind of funk tone into the more hip-hop and the Latin scene. I was like, oh wait, you're right, that is the first time I heard it. And what we created, Micah, was Journeys of People, right? Eddie Nunez, the athletic director from the University of New Mexico. Incredible journey. Shout out to you if you're listening. The the, the journey of Coach Dwayne Broussard, right? Shout out to you, Coach. He's the coach over at TCU. This is what I mean, Micah. We were able to collectively find out about people and their journey. And it's been a beautiful thing, even to talk about like movies that were coming up. We had Shannon Knapp on here to promote the Holly Berry film that was on UFC Fight Pass. You've branched over genres. It's been a lot of great content, and not to mention still getting back to, we've had a lot of great fighters, a lot of great basketball wow. talk. Yeah, the uh, Diego Sanchez live in here. Um, I mean, it, it, you're right, Micah. It's been incredible. Also, I want to mention, Micah, the fact or fiction you know, we used to do something called Rapid Fire a long time ago. And we went Mike Adams 2.0 and we decided we were going to go fact or fiction. And I think this is the perfect segue, Micah. This is the perfect segue to say, Micah, it's fact or fiction. Let's get started, Micah. Go ahead. Islam Mahashev definitely won the main event of UFC 284. Fiction. Fiction. You think that fight was incorrectly scored? Shout out Alexander Volkanovsky. He's been on the show. And I'll tell you right now, Micah, I saw the entire fight. I had it three to two. I had it three to two. And I thought Volkanovsky, some people might have even given him four rounds. But at the end of the day, they got the winner wrong. And that's why he's still the pound for pound fighter number one in the rankings. That was another factor fiction. Do you believe that his performance going up in weight, even though the judges said he didn't want, oh yeah, I'll, I'll say it, two, three, and five, those rounds for Volkanovsky, not much great for Islam to end that fifth round, knock down on his back and in survival mode, but Volkanovsky proved he is pound for pound king. Absolutely fact, Micah. And if they run it back, it'd be interesting, right? Because I think Volkanovsky gets him again if they run it back. Volkanovski was in his hometown and still lost. That that perplexed me as well. I was a little bit surprised to not see a split decision, to see the judges on the swing round, really that crucial round two, all sway in the favor of Mahashev. Didn't feel right to me at the time. Yair Rodriguez is a bona fide challenger, though, for that featherweight crown. Yeah, him against Volkanovski will be an all-out brawl. And, I, you know, it's hard, Micah, to pick a winner because I like them both. You know, Yair trained here for how many years? Five? So many years. Five, six years. One tough Latino. Still has deep roots. And Volkanovski, who's who's an, just a good guy, man. Incredible champion. That's going to be one I definitely will watch. And Yair Rodriguez really did 
prove that he has that ability to live up to expectations. This performance was the best performance of his career. Those kicks, the devastation, the elbows off his back. Not trying to give you guys the whole recap, but he took damage, gave damage, and it seems like this is him living up to everything that everyone saw in the gym thought he could be. Jack Della Magdalena, he has something special also written over, possibly the best Australian welterweight we've ever seen. I don't know ever seen, but yes, does he have high potential fact. I don't know if he'll be the best we've ever seen yet, but time will tell. At this point, he's the first one I can remember this highly ranked in the top 15. He has a lot of... Of room to grow, still just only 25 years old. That boxing is so crisp, so clean. He was so patient to w- to land that one big shot against a Randy Brown, who was doing nothing wrong until that opening was capitalized on. JDM is someone that you guys should all keep an eye on. Chiefs versus Eagles, easily to say, that was a great game. Great game. Uh, halftime show didn't make my top five, but I thought the music was great. You know, the presentation was a little different for me, but great game. And, Micah, I have to say this, right? If Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble, there's a lot of what-ifs, but that's why they play. But I told you, I said one thing that I'm going to stick with. Mahomes puts up points quickly. Pre-snap motion was a deciding factor in what the Chiefs offense was able to do to that Eagles defense. Well, and not only that, Micah, let's think about something in perspective, right? Mahomes, five years, three Super Bowls, two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs. And somebody asked me the other day, where do you rate him? And, and for me, I'm always going to go this route, and I know I get, I get some flack sometimes. But for me, it's Alway, Montana, Brady. He has two rings, possibility of another one. Then you can talk about it. But as of right now, it's Alway. Montana, Brady. That's from Mike Adams. I'm going with the Brady. Yes, we know the GOAT. We know he just passed Montana. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes in three. I'm passing him over Elway because this is the first six seasons that he's accomplished as much as Elway. All he's got to do is... Well, six technically, one year on the bench, five years active. All he's got to do is put up one more good year, one more AFC Championship game, it's already a done deal because today, Peyton Manning is right. He's a Hall of Famer if he never takes another snap. Absolutely fact. Absolutely him and Kelsey, Hall of Fame, written all over him right now. If they stop playing football today, both of them would be in the Hall. Now there, Kelsey, where do you rank him all time in tight ends? Well, that's a, here's the thing, Micah, when you look at tight ends, right? Because there's been, you know, Tony Gonzalez, they say, was the greatest. Yeah. Then you got Gronk. You, you can't discredit Gronk's rings. No. Right? Well, I discredit his regular season activity. I might have him three. I'm putting Shannon Sharp at two because that man also hoisted quite a few trophies. Yeah, and not only that, but Shannon Sharp, physicality, right? Kelsey has some physicalness to him, but would he sit courtside and tell the Memphis Grizzlies players that he's right there? You see what I'm saying? I feel like there's a lot more wiggle in his hips, a lot more wiggle and, and, elusiveness to to Kelsey where Sharp was an explosive athlete but he was more straight line. Kelsey did say at the end of the super put put some he did say this, Michael, put some respect on his name. Uh, who didn't respect uh, top five all time, man. Top five all time, okay? E- easily top five all time. Uh, do you have a Jay Novacek in that list? You, you'd have to you consider him 
for sure. You'd have to have some consideration. Yeah, that's the name that I always love to throw out there. I felt like he was the guy that really opened it up for the tight ends into the 90s. And then if you go back, Todd Christensen for the Raiders was incredible. But again, the scope of work, the rings. I mean, what are we going by here when it comes to the tight end? The tight end from San Francisco, Kittle, I think he's great. Oh, he's great. He just has, he went away for about two seasons there. He had a huge year. It was kind of quiet for two years. He came back now thanks to Brock Purdy. He's great, but all time, I don't think so. But Kelsey has done something, and this year he did it without having that second big weapon. He was the focal point. Dove real coverage at every moment, bona fide. That's why I'm thinking possibly second, third greatest all time. Yeah, and Greg Olson from the Panthers, come on. Oh, man, he got some killer years so out there, there. What are we putting in the in the ingredients? We'll talk about it in another episode. All right, we'll make that stew later. We'll make that stew later. Hunt is a better running quarterback now than Lamar Jackson. Man, Michael, that's that's... I don't want to answer that question. Lamar Jackson's the best. Yeah, but he's not the best running quarterback. He's the best runner. When you add in that quarterback element, when you see the bombs, when you see the accuracy that Jalen Hurts has added into his game, I know he has better weapons than the Ravens, but but those weapons don't account for how far Lamar misses at times. Does Lamar Jackson end up a New York Jet? Lamar Jackson will probably be a New York Jet next year. This year, he's still a Raven. Next year, he's probably a Jet. Well, what do you do if you're the Jets? You take Derek Carr right now or you wait for Aaron Rodgers? You probably take Derek Carr right now. I don't know what the Packers are going to do with Aaron Rodgers. It feels like maybe it'd be best for the team to roll over. You need more pieces. Can you really put together a full team around Rodgers? You've already tried that for three years. You might want to give Jordan Love that opportunity, or maybe it's time to move him on. It'll be interesting, Micah. The Chiefs are the automatic favorite next year. Absolutely fact. Absolutely fact. So, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, they don't need to call our names. No Mike Adams 2.0 next year when they're on their stage. You hear us all the way in KC? We're giving you the respect that for some reason... When people called you only the second best team in the AFC, yeah, you took that a little dauntingly. And 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 to hear everybody say it was a rebuilding year, right? I I like it when they talk at parades. I actually listen. You know what I mean? And and yeah, the Chiefs are going to be tough to beat again. And then when you think about it, Micah, the Eagles are going to be good again. Oh, definitely. They got a full team, and they still have a little bit of time before they have to fully commit so much of the salary cap to Jalen Hurts. If the Bengals can find a couple of offensive linemen, how dangerous are the Bengals? That's been a question for a couple of years, though. Right? But I- I'm saying, if you were going to bet a team right now on who's going to win the Super Bowl next year, uh, on a long shot bet, I would I would do something. The Giants, do they have a I, I think the Giants have a better shot than what we're giving them. Now there's some guys that could say if they win the title next year, put some respect on their name. That's a good team to throw out there. They got to decide is Daniel Jones a free agent or is he their quarterback of the future? So a big decision to be made there. What if we see and what do you think about Indian Indianapolis? Is it time to go with the young quarterback route? They've tried Ryan, they tried Wentz. They've tried those names because they felt on the cusp. Is it time to go to the bottom of the draft and get your guy? I think so, Mike. I think that's a fact. You're going to have Matt Ryan one more year. 
Uh, Indianapolis is one of those teams. You're either going to get them at ten and six, eight and eight, or six and ten. That's what you're going to get. It's kind of like the Raiders. And congratulations on the Chicago Bears. They just purchased a brand new, lovely piece of property. We're expecting a mega stadium, a dome. They're going to trade that number one pick, fact or fiction. I'm going to say fact. Now that they're in a dome, and Justin Fields is incredible. There's a guy you're going to have for 10, 12 years, like Mahomes, like Jalen Hurts. Watch Fields break out once he's playing indoors. I I am all in on Jalen on uh, on on Fields. You gotta go with him if you're the Bears. He has a dynamic running ability, and he had no weapons this year to still be able to put up that offense when you have no receivers. Let's get him a dome. Let's get him some weapons. The South Carolina women's basketball team odds on favorite and. It looks like they fundamentally changed women's basketball with their more physical style of play. Yeah, that's a fact. They're going to win the national championship, Micah. I would have liked to seen them play the great teams of UConn. This team is legit, Micah, legit. They are legit. Like I said, you get inside. You have Boston. She's a double-double machine. LSU might be the only squad that can match them in that physicality realm. On the men's side, there is no clear favorite. This is as wide open as I can remember. That's a fact. And you look at the number ones. You had Purdue. You have Alabama. You have Houston. It changes consistently, Mike, on who's number one. And then you look at teams that, that are kind of having it tough right now. The Gonzagas and the North Carolinas that were preseason picked very high. Myself included. I thought North Carolina. I think they're 16-10, and 17-9. And, and I had them, Micah, going to the Final Four in preseason picks. I thought this was going to be their year to return. Baycott, Love, it looked like they had a dynamic duo that has not been able to live up to those expectations. Alabama with their diaper dandy. They've been up and down, though. Tennessee, Houston, Texas Tech. You've had these teams that kind of keep hovering in that top five. But then there's these shocking losses that have made the year interesting. Shout out Dick Vitale. Michael went diaper dandy. Go ahead. Yeah, that was a great one. Of course, I learned that vocab from the legend. We head to the Octagon and the Apex on Saturday night. And Draj... Jumping in on short notice to take on Aaron Blanchfield. Much respect to Aaron Blanchfield, but this is going to be a bad decision because Andrade is a bulldozer. Well, fact. Here's the other thing, though. How do you turn it down? How do you turn it down, right? Because this might be your shot. Yeah, how do you turn down? You're already in the main event. Your opponent pulls out. You can't really pull out because it's a little bit too much, though, too soon, I think, for the 24-year-old phenom. No, I agree with you. That's a fact. And and you know what, Micah, but you're putting these positions. I'm sure the payday went up, and uh, Andrade isn't going to change. Josh Taylor, Tiafimo Lopez, junior WBO welterweight title fight. That has Mike Adams excited. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's a fact. And Tiafimo Lopez, Josh Taylor, I can't wait for that fight, actually, Micah. Carmelo Anthony will never have his number retired in Denver. I'm going to say fiction. I'm going to say fiction. Why do you say that just out of curiosity? Because there's a joker that claimed the same number 15 that has two MVPs about to run a third. If he runs a third, Micah, the last guy to do it is Larry Joe Bird. The last guy to do it is Larry Joe Bird. I think he wanted 84, 85, 86, and Bird won three in a row. Last guy to do it. That's a good point. I didn't know they wore the same number, so yes. Second point, 
Ray Allen will never have his number retired with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I get it. Because he wears Giannis's, Giannis's number. number. Yeah, that, that's a good one. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> going to say I'm going to say yes to both of those. Now that I have that fact, that Jokic wears the same one as Carmelo and Giannis the same as Ray Allen, fact, fact. Kyrie to L.A. is happening this summer. Yes, fact. And it happened. Man, if it could happen sooner, I think they would have done it. The Lakers have looked good with D'Angelo Russell in a short period of time. It's the all-star break, one of my favorite all-star breaks. Shaq was having a good time. They're already in Salt Lake City. But, Mike, I enjoy this. Similar to the hockey, I think basketball does it right with all the skills, competition, celebrity game, the introductions, the music. They do it right. Lakers are 1-5 in their last six games. Um, but the one they won was with D'Angelo Russell. And he is now shooting like 39% from three-point land. As a Laker, he's turned his season around. The Lakers are 1-0 with D'Angelo Russell. Go ahead. The NBA desperately needs to do something to revive the dunk contest. We have four unknowns this year. Well, they need to, re- yes. You got to get the best dunkers in town. They should have a dunk contest where they have the best dunker and, like, they go to all these cities and pick one of the best dunkers anywhere. Then you have to get the four best dunkers in the NBA. I think that would be cool, right? We'd throw in a little, little even more. We'd be rooting for the guy who's never been in the NBA, right? Would it have been a better moment? Mac McCullough, you told me about him many years ago. He's in the dunk contest. He was signed up for it as a G-leaguer. He's now been picked up as a 76er. Would it have been more epic if he was just a G-leaguer in the dunk contest? I, I'll go with that. And not just that, Dame Lillard wins a three-point contest. Oh, that would be so sweet. And I'm looking forward to see if the Antetokounmpo brothers can keep their dominance going in the skills relay. Angel fans should be prepared that this is Shoho Hitani's last year with the club. Do the Yankees or Dodgers get him? Maybe the Mets, but those three would be the best bets. Absolutely. He's out of he's out of Anaheim, California, LA. Are they called the LA Angels, the Anaheim Angels, or the California Angels? Well, you are my LA expert, Mike Adams. So what do the locals say? What do the peeps that you have on the ground well, tell you? The old school cats are always going to call them the California Angels. Always. I remember the movie. I remember the movie. But I will say this. He's gone. I just don't know, and I don't think the Mets get him. I think it's the Yankees or the Dodgers. I'm pretty sure it's the Dodgers. There's just something about that L.A. lifestyle. You get to keep the same apartment, but now you get to win? I I think that might be the trick. Uh, The Hurricanes look like the only ones capable of catching the Bruins. You're talking about the Hurricanes in hockey, and they're the only ones who can catch the Bruins. Micah. The Bruins, what a year, huh? They look like they're on place for 62 wins. That would tie the most wins ever in NHL history. And here's the thing, Micah. Somebody asked me this the other day. They said, Mike, the Phillies went to the World Series. The Eagles were in the Super Bowl. The Sixers in the NBA Finals? Well, they also had their MLS team in the Finals. And I don't know if we want to continue this trend, because that would just mean that the Sixers are going to lose. And that would make a 4 for 4, and that's not the kind of 4 for 4 you, you get from Wendy's. No, and it's not even the buy one, get one free, Micah, but go ahead. <laughs> they're strong, they're fast, and they have good goaltending, and that's why you got to worry about the Carolina Hurricanes. You're surprised that the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers are parting ways with Kevin Love. They're fourth in the East right now. What are they doing? Right, I, and that's a fact. I wonder where Love ends up. Um, but, yeah, I was perplexed. And and going back to the buy one, get one free. When's the last time you've had a coupon? 
I bought some candy bars. You know those candy bars that they sell, Micah? They're they're a dollar, and it goes towards something. But yeah. somebody had a candy bar, and I said, usually on the wrapper, the wrapper will say, buy one, get one free. And it didn't say that on these candies. Not the candy that you get, buy one, get one free. But there was a wrapper that used to wrap the candy. It was a buy one, get one free at one of these local fast food joints. It's not there no more. Are we done with buy one, get one freeze? Sell? When's the last time you've seen a buy one, get one free? I got buy one, get one free bag of waffles from Sprouts the other day, actually. I'm saying from from a fast food restaurant. When's the last time you've had buy one, get one free? I've seen buy one, get 50% off on your second. That's right. There's no more buy one, get one freeze? Is this news? News to me. Continue. No love in Cleveland, but we got to give a lot of love to the new star in Brooklyn. Mikel Bridges can be the foundation of that team. I don't know about foundation. He can be a star. They're going to have to add to it, Micah. They're going to have to add to it. Dropping 45 the other night. I know he's a little bit shorty, but he looked like baby KD on a couple of those shots. Incredible. The Bucks have hit their stride as we head into the All-Star break. I told you this fact. If they get Jay Crowder, I said, look out, Micah. I think the Celtics Bucks in seven to see who goes to the final is going to be the most incredible series we see all year. 12 game win streak right now, and they're starting to get healthy. You got your pieces in play. And I just believe, yeah, they're going to get some of those extra guys on the buyout market. They're going to be a stack roster by the end of it. If it's a Suns Bucks, what a final. If it's the Suns-Bucks rematch, did you see the Bucks or the Suns, excuse me, just pick up Terrence Ross also? We thought they gave a lot away for KD. That secondary buyout market is about to reload their bench. We know it. This weekend, Mike's eyes are going to be glued to the Genesis Invitational. Tiger Woods is playing. Tiger Woods minus two when he started, um, and that was on Thursday. And here's the other thing, Micah, the golf you know, for Tiger to still be walking 18 holes is incredible. It truly is. It's it's a remarkable feat. If you've heard of him talk about the ankle injuries, muscles moving, plantar fasciitis, multiple surgeries, there's a grit and a determination to be out there that you can't even comprehend. It's not just another paycheck for Tiger. This man is literally in agonizing pain fighting through it because he loves to play so much. Yeah, it's incredible, Mike. Incredible athlete. Lee Wood should retain his WBA featherweight title against Marcia Laura on Saturday night. I, I, I don't want to say fact or fiction because I think it's a good fight. I mean, you said should he, so I'm going to say fact to should he, he should. Will he? Not sure. Not sure. You got this one as a toss-up? I got this one as a toss-up. That's the fact or fictions that I got. That's a fact or fiction. We sell the fact or fiction went quick today. You can go to the Instagram at, at MikeAdams2.0, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We'll be right back. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And, Micah, there's been a lot of combat sports, not only in New Mexico, but all around the world at this point. And I wanted to bring up uh, real quick, Micah, we talked just a bit of Fedor Emelianenko against Ryan Bader. Of course, Emelianenko lost 46 seconds. Of course, Emelianenko's not in his true prime. 
We talked about who's the greatest of all time. You can argue Fedor in any conversation. Right now, it's John Bones Jones who's going to fight Cyril Gaon, and that's coming up. You'll be at that fight. But March I guess, 4th. I guess my question is this, Micah. Fedor was like Tyson in the heyday, and I don't think people realize that. You you saw Fedor when he was Fedor. Looping punches, awkward angles, a small heavyweight with these huge yoked-up wrestlers charging at him, and he'd hit them from these awkward angles. Also had a really fast armbar from off his back in his younger days. And he trained old school, right? Old school, in the mountains, outdoors, embraced the elements. Also was a traditional martial artist in the thought of he was a Sambo practitioner. If you guys have never seen Sambo, it's kind of like MMA but with a gi top on. So when you look at his scope of work, and we see him fighting Ryan Bader past his prime. When we saw Tyson last, right, he was fighting the Peter McNeely's and guys like that. But in their prime, Micah, I have to say Fedor was probably the most feared, when, kind of like Mike was, right? In his prime, people I, feared Mike. I think they feared Fedor. Fedor earned fear in a different way. Fedor had Noguera. He had Krokop. He had these guys that felt they were his equals because they literally could look him eye to eye and if you looked at Fedor there wasn't an intimidation factor he's quiet he's humble he's stone cold almost so you never got that emotion that intensity out of him so people grew to fear him because you understood the fear of what's going on behind the curtain with Mike Tyson it was the moment he came through those curtains. We're talking about the towel, the little shoes, the black shorts, and then when he would get in, start bobbing and weaving and just cornering a guy, and you look at him literally built like a pit bull with the muscles that you think of from a comic book character. I think that Tyson's presence had guys shaking in their boots more than Fedor beat people into believing he was that scary, where Tyson already came in looking that scary. Well, Fedor, you know, was big in pride, right? And never got a shot in UFC for whatever reason. I don't know all the particulars. Hey, business is business, and he stayed doing his business in other parts of the world. Do you think, though, Fedor would have been uh, in the UFC that legend? Because he wouldn't have gotten to the UFC until later. See, he he didn't start. His, his name was made in pride. You just said the guys he fought, Crow Cop. Nogira, all these guys. When he would have gotten to the UFC at that time, I don't know, Micah, if we would have seen Fedor when he was Fedor. That's a really good question. You got to think back when the name was hot. When the UFC bought Pride, maybe we would have got the Couture fight. Maybe we would have got the Lesnar fight. And that would have drawn mega numbers. And you wonder if he would have had the legacy. I think he would have because he would have been on that same age as Couture. Remember Couture Noguera, literally one of the biggest nights of my life. That was one of the wildest fights ever. Throw Fedor into that mix at that time, and it's great. We saw Fedor start to decline a few years later, but that's when he took on Overeem, Verdum, and, and a Brett Rogers who were just at their pinnacles, and he was past his prime at that point. If you're talking about those initial conversations with the UFC, 
He possibly gets Brock Lesnar. He possibly gets Couture. And I think that it's a bigger deal than waiting another decade to see him fight Ryan Bader. Let's switch gears. You know, the name we haven't mentioned, Micah, in quite some time is Connor, right? And now they're talking about he's going to come back. They're talking about the ultimate fighter. And they're talking about Chandler. And it's all official, and they are about to get filming. If you go to the UFC Instagram, I know we want you to go to the Mike Adams 2.0 Instagram, but if you look at the UFC Instagram, just on Friday, they were posting Conor McGregor, beautiful purple suit, nice linens, man, walking into the apex. They're about to get filming the ultimate fighter on ESPN Plus featuring coaches Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. This is going to be exciting, and they're going to fight. Here at the end of this, Connor's getting back in the USADA program, and summer, possibly August or September, we're going to see a massive Connor McGregor fight. So, what happens next? Because we're going to have a high expectation of Connor, right? He's entertained us, Micah, for quite some time. Will we see that Connor? And then you look at Michael Chandler's last fight, right? Yep. It was tough. Chandler's still a tough guy. But what are we going to see from Connor? Because when I talk to people, are they saying, Mike, when he comes back, is this the same Connor? The fear, the danger that that Michael Chandler presents is amazing. He calls himself the most entertaining man in MMA. And to go out there and to throw that kind of line out there, he's a wild man. Coming off of knocking out Tony Ferguson, I was live. I was there. That front kick, was it a beautiful first round? No, Ferguson got off. Ferguson landed and had his moments. This is a very good selection from Conor McGregor of a dance partner because when you're a star like Conor McGregor, you want to put together the biggest spectacle ever. It's like when we're talking about the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago in the halftime show, and I said, what kind of artist could break through? And you said, no, 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 not break through. They already bring the biggest stars. Well, that's what Conor McGregor is, the biggest star. He needs the appropriate dance partner. Chandler reciprocates that kind of energy. He is a working partner. He understands the business, the game. He is going to push it to that level where we all think they're going to fight and they're going to hold it because they know the real money isn't getting us to buy the pay-per-view. I think that from a financial perspective, a promotional perspective, and strategically, when you look at a Michael Chandler who is all gas, no breaks, all offense, no defense, Connor's like, I can find my openings. This is the perfect fight for both guys. Let's continue. You brought up the Super Bowl, Micah, and the halftime entertainment. And it's in Vegas. And I, I, I've narrowed it down to four names that I think should headline Las Vegas Super Bowl show. Four Are you names. ready for them? Let's go. Miley Cyrus should be the Super Bowl halftime show in Vegas. That's one. Agree? That takes Miley to another level, I think. I think that pushes her. Like, like I said, who could it push? That that would push her a little. Well, bit. here's the thing: in Vegas, they got to do it bigger than any Super Bowl. There has to be the most grandiose Super Bowl halftime show of them all. Oh man, you're you're probably right because it's Vegas. Because it's Vegas, and they all do it bigger. Number two, Drake headlining Las Vegas. If these are my, this is who I want to see. So Miley Cyrus, I don't know. They haven't picked it, but this is who I want to see. So Miley Cyrus or Drake, you like that? 
I, I like it. I like it. I think I'm a little more on the Drake just off the top of my head. I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Miley. I believe she has like a handful of hits. I can't even unpack all of the, uh, all the hits that Drake has out of a suitcase. I think for a Super Bowl halftime show of this magnitude, Las Vegas, Nevada, right? This is Nevada, Micah. So Miley Cyrus, Drake, you got to consider Taylor Swift. That would be a huge one. That'd be huge. It's Vegas. It's Vegas. And and I don't know if you're going to say the other name I'm thinking of. Let, 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 now, let's go ahead and say it, and I'll tell you if I'm right. Adele? No, but I, Adele would be great. My fourth hopeful of who becomes the Super Bowl halftime show in Las Vegas, Nevada. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. That, that would definitely be taking it to a different genre, a, a different audience. We've seen his crossover stardom with the success that he's had in the WWE being a massive attraction. The the eyes that follow him everywhere he goes. The, the Latin Grammys that he racks up. Huge star. Uh, man, I like that one. To go bigger, to go different, to connect to a different audience. That's a special name that you brought up that we didn't have a couple weeks ago. Now, those are just my four, Micah. Nothing has been finalized. I don't know if any of these artists have been spoken to, but those are the four artists. It's Vegas. It's Vegas. And and that Jay-Z connection of being the guy that puts it together. You gave some great ideas out there. Uh, I hope we get credit. If Jay-Z's listening, taking any of those from you. Um, what do you think, real quick, they're going to do it in Milwaukee, Anthony Pettis is bulking up, and he's going to step in a boxing ring with Roy Jones Jr.? I don't like it, Micah. Roy Jones Jr., we saw he just did an exhibition with Mike Tyson and looked good. And looked good. That's what I'm saying. It's Roy Jones Jr. It, it, it's It's a dangerous fight. And don't get it. Roy Jones Jr., Micah, at one time, listen. He, he defended his world title and played in a USBL basketball game. I think he played like 32 minutes. And then went and defended his belt. So the basketball game was just a warm-up. A live warm-up. Basketball game was like treadmill. Like treadmill. You know what I mean? It's a one-of-a-kind athlete out there. Roy looked like he could still go. Now, if you fight Mike Tyson in an exhibition, I don't know how old Roy Jones Jr. is. Did but, you need me to look it up? No, but, 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 oh. but think about this, Micah. The man just fought Tyson in an exhibition. And looked good. And looked good. And, and now Anthony Pettis is going to jump in that ring, and it doesn't sound like it's an exhibition. It doesn't sound say. like it might be a real deal. And not only that, uh, Roy Jones Jr. is Roy Jones Jr., but go ahead. That, that, that's just going to be a big one. Uh, we also got the UFC going to London this year. They're going to run back Leon Edwards, Cameroon Usman. You think there's any chance Leon can duplicate what he did against Usman? Usman came in pound for pound one when we saw him there in Salt Lake City, and it was the most shocking upset of 2022. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I don't know if he can, Michael. I don't know if he can run it back. I don't know. I don't know. We didn't get the Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia Super Bowl announcement. Do you think we're any closer, any further from that fight? Well, they need to announce it soon. Because then people will lose interest. See, here's the thing. If Connor, if Connor comes back, Connor Chandler, I already have interest. I had interest in Ryan and Tank last week, but the more let's just say, let's just say Nganu Fury gets announced. Then I lose interest in, in Ryan and Tank. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, put it like this. Three weeks ago I heard murmurs on MMA After Hours, Mother Podcast. We talked about 
Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler, which one would be the right guy for Conor McGregor? The following week we heard Ferguson was putting out there stuff that it was going to be him. The following week, no, it was it was Chandler. The following week, the UFC is like, it's Chandler. You understand how that worked? Four weeks, four different narr- narratives, keeping the same story in the media cycle with a slightly different spin to keep us interested in what? The upcoming season of The Ultimate Fighter and the return of Conor McGregor. Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, they've had a lot of carrots. They've dangled it out there and I get understand what you're getting at. There was rumors that Sunday we were going to get the announcement. We didn't get it then. You guys need to hurry up, cross the T's, dot the I's, because this is going to get stale like a sandwich on the counter for too long. Mike, a Super Bowl food we talked about, and I sent you a picture. You sent me the charcuterie. You sent me the layout. I didn't think you were really going to do it. Uh, sorry, the wings ended up uh, in my mouth, and I wasn't going to send you the messy picture. That That's for nobody but my wife to see. Next year, Micah, it's Vegas. Right now, we've already decided who I would like to see as the entertainment. Make sure your food is right, because whenever you go to Vegas, the best chefs are there. The Gordon Ramsays, the Guy Fieri's. You, you, you can't do your Super Bowl food next year unless it's done up, Mike. Man, it cannot be second rate. You're going to have to look at, if you're making the little sliders, I suggest incorporating the green chili into the ground beef before you go. You got to take stuff to that next level. Elevate that dining experience because that's the elegancy that Las Vegas is going to take this to the next level. And I'm already talking about it, and it's not even here yet. Well, and we already know that you're psyched up because there's a uh, a little race that's going to be happening on the Strip before. Yeah, I'm excited for that, Mike. I will be at the Formula One, and um, I'm pumped, man. All, all the guys I've talked to, they're heading out that way. Um, I'm excited. I really am to see Formula One in Las Vegas. Now, I don't know if I'll be at the Super Bowl, but at least I'll be at the Formula One. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves to next year already. Don't want the fans to forget. Triller, back-to-back weeks here in the land of enchantment. Bare Knuckle FC, amazing last night. And then next Friday, this coming Friday, you have Tapia Fight Night. We got Josh Pitbull Torres, Jason Sanchez, Weto Sanchez, Lorenzo Benavides, Jordan Garcia, not to mention Abel Mendoza, and a bunch of other top prospects. This is one of the biggest boxing cards we've had in the state in a while on Friday night. Yeah, it'll be exciting, Mike. I'm just excited for the state of New Mexico getting all these events Micah, you were busy all week. You've been all over. You're getting prepared to go cover John Bones Jones, Surreal Gone. Um, and we're going to continue this journey. Our guest list next week's incredible. We're not going to say anything as of right now. But, Micah, we'll do hopefully another 100 and sell behind the glass right next to us. But thanks for being with us today. Looking forward to another 100, Mike, and probably even a few hundred more than that. Everybody, go over to the website, cagedminds.com. We got all your recap from Bare Knuckle, Knuckle, uh, Knuckle Mania 3 up on the website. Coverage of the upcoming boxing event. And, oh, yeah, I already got an interview with UFC 285's Tabitha Ricci, so check that out, too. All right, don't forget Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Go to at Mike Adams 2.0. I want to thank Joe Neal, the president. I want to thank Sal behind the glass. I want to thank Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John Michael. It's Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team.